I'ma mark my territory. Shouty, I'm an animal. Slowly digging in the yo's. Spread you like a bad story. Turn you to a criminal. Let me see you cock it back. Bang, bang, bang on it. Till the headboard break. Make me think that I wanna put a ring on you. Uh, but first, I make you sing for me. And all the ladies say. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Roll of Law podcast presented by the Marcus Walters Memorial Fund, Andy and Jay Brandy, two sponsors. Deal with it. I'm here with the boys, Andy and I almost called Cooper Rick. I'm here with the boys, Andy and Coop. Andy, you first, per usual. How are you on this fine evening? I'm still recovering a little bit. I mean, I don't know if anybody can notice, but I I still don't have my voice back. Saturday and Sunday took a lot out of me. Um, yeah, but we're we're getting back there. We're we're back in the dump truck room. We're we're recovering. <laughs> Samaje Kristen said, "Back to your regular scheduled programming," and I think that probably fits. Uh, Coop, how about yourself? Uh, I'm not too bad. Uh, Right before you hit record, Andy actually paused the Marvin's room. So if you were to hit play, you would hear it. Um, and just want to clear some things up. The Marcus Walters Memorial Fund, Marcus has not passed away, but he, he told me he's preparing for when he does, which will have 50-50 chance, but it will happen one day, and he already has the fund just in case. It's always good to get ahead of the ball game. I mean, that's one thing I've always respected about Marcus is like he's always, been, he's always taken the initiative. And whether yeah. it was the initiative to break out of prison um, or, I mean, <laughs> or um, hand, hand other people Molly and say, like, you're going to do some great things with this. He's always just been ahead of everybody else. Every, yeah. Like he's playing chess and everybody else is playing shoots and ladders. I do. Respect. Sure, he's, a man's, yeah. he's, a, he's a man's man. Well, I think it would be only proper if we did a, an unpacking TBT episode. Obviously it's not a Tuesday, um, but I don't really think how, I don't really don't think we could have spoken that well on a, on last Tuesday. Um, <laughs> voices were, were not great at that game. They're not great now, obviously. And they're really not great to begin with anyway. So um, I think this fits, but TBT was so awesome. Uh, such a cool experience. And Xavier ate it up, um, which was freaking awesome. So I, I thought it would only be right if we did a, a full on TBT episode. Um, we'll be speaking with Rick Browning and Paul Frischner. Uh, who will be on the podcast to kind of do a home and home with the uh, Musketeer Report Musketeer Report podcast. If they're bold, you know, and they have some, you know, cojones, they'll have us on theirs. But, and a bleep uh, button. They, and a bleep yeah, button, that of could, course. that could come in handy for that sure. Could, definitely could come in handy, but but it'll be awesome. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. I'm just excited to talk about it. Nothing else I'd rather talk about it, you know, especially even considering the circumstances. Ah, uh, cool, agreed.
What is up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you here, and this is going to be a really, really fun and emotional and cool one for me, uh, probably for all of us. Uh, you know, I don't want to be selfish, but probably me especially. And before we get started, I just wanted to say how cool it was to me how much the Xavier community embraced Xavier TBT and embraced Zip'em Up. Um, I didn't know what to expect, man, because, you know, I was so close to it. I was so, like, in it. So my, I knew my perspective was a little bit different and my investment was a little bit different. So I didn't know what to expect from like the Xavier people. Like I didn't know what to expect from official Xavier people. I didn't know what to expect from the fan base, but man, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it was treated like a, a pseudo NCAA tournament game, like on Twitter and like in person, like it was nuts, dude. Um, it was absolutely wild. And I just couldn't have been more thankful or more like overcome by all the support. Like it was so cool. And, and that was, all that I wanted was for that to be fun for people and just be, be that enjoyable. And I thought it was, you know, as enjoyable as I, you know, I intended it to be. I mean, it was awesome. It was so, so cool to see it in person and see it happen. And I was just so happy that, that people enjoyed it so much. Uh, it was, it was just so cool to see like on, on Twitter Saturday morning, just saying like game days here. Uh, I can't wait for eight o'clock. Can eight o'clock get here already? And like, I'm, I get to Columbus. I'm the first, like I'm one of the first people in Columbus uh, um, due to unplanned reasons that caused me to be <laughs> alone for like five hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, walked to target by myself and um, got lost by myself. But like, uh, <clears throat> but then I get to, I get to varsity club and there's like six people there when I get there. Yep. It's like four, 10, four, uh, four, six people there. Like, I'm yeah. expecting like the, the people are I'm expecting people to filter in and out. They got about three hours before the game. And I'm like expecting maybe 25 people to show, which I would consider a good turnout. That's a good group of Xavier basketball. Yes. Yeah. And then more and more people would just filter in and they did not filter out. They just kept <laughs> on coming in. We hacked that place. It was How loud. Think we're in there? Like it looked like at least a buck twenty-five, buck fifty. It ha- it was definitely triple digits. Um, Easy. They, I, it, there was there was no room to like really run around. Like there's, I'd say there were a couple open seats, but people were standing, people were sitting yeah. on the stage. It was packed, dude. Like, I mean, it was William packed. Webster. It was loud. Yeah, William William Webster. He was the one that that you know approached us with that idea and really coordinated. You know, at least eighty percent of it. Like that was. That was dope. Um, I, I love an idea I too. I would love to be there more. I hope, but it was just so busy. But I was able to slide through for like you, you know, for like five minutes, and we got a good "Let's Go X" chant going. Threw some Xavier stress balls around, and and some zip them up stress balls, and that was a freaking cool environment. And it and it looked like it filled up even more after I left. It um, did. They they kept. I'm saying they kept coming in. Like um, I even like even like during my speech, um, they. That was nuts. <laughs> Wait, you gave I, a speech? I did, yeah. yeah. It's on I, Facebook. It, he was like screaming on the stage up there, dude. Wait, is that where oh, it was? Man, I never I, I could never find that. it. Yeah, I found it on Facebook. I'll tag you in, but go ahead. Okay. Um oh yeah, um I, I gave a speech like I didn't get everybody's attention, which I'm loud as hell, so I don't really know how. Um but they were probably just ignoring you. They honestly. probably were <laughs> like, and which I don't blame them. So I, I yeah. feel like they definitely heard it, but like, uh, we got a really good, really solid, um, zip them up chant going. And the, the, when they, when, when I heard everybody, uh, like chanting it, the chills that went down my spine, I'm like, yeah, holy shit. Like we're really here. 
they really, really care. And then when I walked into the Cavelli Center and just saw <laughs> all the blue, and like I know, um, I know Buffalo played right before us, so they have blue too, but not as much as we did. It was no. packed. I'd say seventy percent of that uh, um, arena was filled with Xavier fans. Oh, one hundred percent. And um, it, it's funny, Andy. Whenever I first got there, I walk in. And uh, first person I see is Patrick Capel, of course, <laughs> naturally. And I'm talking to him for a minute. He's got the face paint on. He's like, dude, Andy right now, he's on like cloud nine. He's like down there by the players and stuff. Like he is, he's feeling it. And then like um, I go, I, I go to the restroom. Um, and first thing I see, I walk in, open urinal. I didn't want to lose the urinal game. And the open one was the one that would, prevent me from losing the urinal game if you know what I'm talking about sure however there is one of my prized possessions um a pencil pouch in the urinal and I stop and think and I'm like you know I bought these pencil pouches on Amazon Prime Day like a month ago they <laughs> went with me during my move I moved from Blue Ash to another part of town like they've seen both places, like they've come full circle. I gave them to Andy at his workplace. He drove them to Columbus. He forgot them. What was it? Was it your parents' cap that brought the pencil pouches? I believe that so. True? They yeah. dispersed so they, them and then brought back like seven. Switch. I was okay, very happy well, with that. I was like, that yeah, was the goal perfect. anyway. That's perfect. Like give, they, give people these pencil pouches. It's a very well-traveled item. All 42 of those pencil pouches coming from China and then into the Covelli Center. <laughs> there it is. So in, this, in, a, in a urinal. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then I wanted to take a photo of it. And I'm like, well, I can't. There's a guy taking a, a piss next to it. Like, I can't take a photo yeah. in the bathroom. So whatever. And then I'm kind of like all down and out about that. Then I see Paul Scruggs just leaning against the wall with Dewan Odom. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I, then I see this man literally skipping as like blase by Ty Dolla Sign and Futures on. And it's none other than Andy Piccarillo with his face paint. And he hugs me, he hugs Haley. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go now. That'd be a good time. He made me forget all about the poor pencil pouch. Yeah. That's what well, I mean, you for. can't, you can't ditch one sheep for the other 99 tube. I mean, because the pencil pouches were famous. Uh, they made ESPN. Uh, right. They made the t official TVT account. The pencil pouches, uh, I think, were definitely worth the money. And it was just special, dude. I mean, going out there, because we, we were out on the floor before the games and stuff. We obviously had our shoot-arounds and all that kind of fun stuff. And then we came out, like, 10 minutes prior to the game and just saw the environment. The guy's face is just lit up. Like, JP was a Christmas tree. Like, he was just – I mean, because I remember he was just riding me, you know, the months up into it. Like, every other week, he'd be like – What's the fan experience going to be like? You think fans are going to show up? The fans going to be there? Like, are we going to have a good environment? And I'm like, JP, they're going to show up. Like, I'm telling you. And there was part of me that was like, I hope they show up, you know? Um, but going out there and seeing that and seeing JP's face and uh, the energy in that building was just bonkers. Like, the the student section thing is going to have to be – our pseudo student section behind the bench is going to have to be a thing. Like, when we have, like, our crazy section behind the whatever bench we're on, like, that was insane. That was so freaking cool. Um, just being able to like relay a chance to you guys and just like, that was so fun. But the whole environment was great. The other, the other side of the, of the place was great too. Um, we probably had, I mean, I don't know, uh, 
I think we had a, a thousand fans there. Um, maybe north so, of that. Yeah. Maybe north of that. Um, and then what we had was loud as all get out. I mean, they were fantastic from start to finish, and uh, the players gave them a lot to cheer about. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. um, yeah, but it, God, it was hard. I mean, it was hard to not get uh yeah, um, and that was get loud and emotional. I had um, a lot of people say that that's as fun. That's as fun as much fun as they've had watching basketball in years you know um jp said that's as much fun as i've had playing in years um he, he brought not, it we'll get I did more not of that later that. but yeah obviously uh, i did I, not expect it to be as big as it was honestly i thought it was gonna be awesome i thought it was gonna be great like i wanted it so bad um and i thought you know no matter what it's gonna be cool but it was it blew my expectations away like how, how cool it was no, no it was like just being being up there and being part of the uh um being part of the crew that was able to get loud and started um, leading those chants. But like my favorite part was how much the personalities of the team exemplified the zip them up name. Like yeah. they were talking some shit. They were, uh, they were having fun. Everybody was smiling and like they, they were doing the, like the, the fact that like the he too little really caught on so oh much, like us in the, like, it, it really, we saw, we saw uh, the JP on your head. That yeah. was that was lit. Um, like the, the Mark, Mark Lyons doing, doing it while on defense. Still, yeah. oh. and then Dude, that like, was the best. That might be my favorite part. He did it all the way down the court, yeah. even into their set. Like it was, it felt like thirty seconds, but it was probably a good ten seconds of he too little in his breathing space, like in <laughs> touching him. You know, right? Um, and I, I didn't mean to talk over your Andy. Let's get after it in a second. I will never forget. You know, CJ Anderson, every single time anyone caught it in the post, oh, he got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have to get him a bottle. This <laughs> like, fucking stupid dude. Like, every, he too little. Like, he was just so freaking funny. Like, Weeze was worth, we had to pay $1,000 to get Weeze on the roster because he was an extra add on or whatever past the deadline. Worth every penny, worth oh, yeah. every single penny having him there that was just absolute gold i mean but go ahead Andy. uh like it was like stuff like that like we, we we see that and then um us in the us in the section behind like we gotta we gotta make that our thing we gotta keep we gotta keep that going so mm-hmm. um one of my favorite parts was every time like uh um kyle or omer got someone um smaller on them and like embodied them just like hanging over the uh, railing, yeah. getting as low as possible. Like it's everybody in the front row was doing that. That was just hit, so hit the rockabye. Yeah, like, it, it was it was a really really good time. The, the, the bro. shit like, talk from everybody. Like that's one thing I just absolutely love about this brand is it's not just the players on the court. It's everybody around the the yeah, guys that aren't. It's, it's the bench. It's the fans. It's there's Everybody continuity does. all the way down because that that's one thing that I think was was evident is it's we knew our group, uh, we branded it accordingly, we have the perfect coach for it. Coach was encouraging it. I mean, we were up what twenty at halftime. We go into the locker room. He said, "I have two things for you: don't stop talking shit and don't stop having fun." All right, let's go. You know, like that was it. You know what I mean? Like you just pedal to the metal, like foot on the throats. Let's go. Keep talking shit. Keep having fun. Let's get it. You know, um, zip them up on three, one, two, three, zip them up. Let's go. You know, we're out. Keep there. talking um, shit. Keep I mean, it's fun. just top to bottom. The fans love it. We love it. The players love it. Um, it. It's just fantastic. I remember talking to Mark Lyons, actually Julie was about like, and we were talking after the tournament and all this kind of stuff. And, and he was like, what were some of the other names you were thinking about? And she was like, victory parkway was like the second. He's like, that's cool. 
but zip them up though. You know, <laughs> like it was just so cold. Like even other fans would be like, that name is freaking cold. Like I can't even, I can't even like argue. In the uniforms too. I love those. Yeah. Zip from Dude. the side. Like I have to get one cap. Whenever they're, they're so available, nice, I'm buying one. They're so nice. I can't wait to release what the blues look like. I really wish we could have gotten to wear the, the road blues. I know. Because they're freaking clean. I thought I mean, the lettering really- was great. I thought they were simple but not too crazy. Like I thought they were nice, but not like over the top, but they mm. were clean. They were tough. They were like the, co- I love our color scheme. I love our branding. Um, the zipper was freaking dope. Uh, shouts to hydro edits. That was actually the same zipper that he originally made for us. Um, you know, on our original stuff. I mean, it was, everything about it was, was just a dream. And like, it's crazy when, and this is my own bullshit. I won't talk about this too long, but like when you like make something that's like a passion project that, you know, we had put hours in, hours and hours into like and put so much thought and effort and energy into something and to see it come to fruition and be like what you envisioned it being it was just such a cool feeling um and, and i think that it was worth every second of all the the time and effort that we put into it um because it was a lot of sacrifice i mean i quit my job four months ago um it was a lot of time and effort and energy and days that you know i didn't i didn't know where the stuff was going to be able to go and and a lot of just sometimes willpower just trying to make this thing happen and, and just refusing to not let it happen um and, and it was worth every second of it. And I don't, you know, and, and now we did it. I mean, the hardest part is the first time you do anything. That is always the hardest thing. It's just doing it that first time, creating something out of nothing is very, very difficult. Um, and now that the, the foundation's in place, I can't wait to see where we're going from here. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Um, and it was just an unreal experience. Obviously, you know, it wasn't entirely what we wanted. And, you know, there's a lot of things that probably made it that way. Um, you know, the ball didn't necessarily bounce our way in every single way there. But, um, but we brought a freaking quality product. We got Trayvon Blewett and Mark Lyons and Samaje Kristen and JP Makura and Sean O'Mara together. We united 20 years of Xavier basketball. I had BJ Raymond and Paul Scruggs playing basketball against each other. Um, it, it was just wild, dude, to see all that happen and to see how much Xavier Nation ate it up to see the Xavier basketball account, you know, putting out a Frank the Tank gif about tweeting, zip them up. Like, it was a dream, dude. It was just a wild, wild, wild stretch. And I just – you know, cannot wait to start planning for next year, which we already have been doing, making calls all day. Um, just, just can't wait to, uh, <laughs> to to build the shit out of this thing and, and bring it home to Centos. One of the most beautiful things was like, I mean, looking at Twitter on Sunday night and Monday morning and just seeing all the other alums are like, all right, I'm in for next year. I want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, like the, the Kenny Freeze, it makes me want to get in shape. <laughs> Jimmy Farr. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Farr saying, I'm there next year. Like, yep. um, obviously. Beating about us. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And one that, thing, too. About uh, one thing, too, I was thinking about, um, and it kind of made me feel better about everything, too, after uh, the loss to uh, Buffalo's team. But thinking about it, like, a year ago, this was still just, you know, an idea that was you were trying to manifest. And then, like, and I kind of thought about it too when I first got to the Covelli Center and I see like the players actually wearing the uniforms and I yeah. see JP Makura on the court for the first yep. time in uh, however many years it's been that I've seen him play. And then Trayvon Blewett's there and it's like Mark Lyons walking by and they start announcing all the names. I'm like, oh my God. Like they, when they said Mark Lyons, it made me feel like I was a 12 year old again, you know, like know. when he was playing, like. Mike, I can't believe like I'm actually seeing these guys wear that uniform on Dude. the same team 
and like it meant the world. literally it didn't even exist a year ago it meant the world dude i can't tell you how many messages we got just of how much it meant to people like it, and that was what was wild to me and i knew it was gonna bring a ton of value and that was like the biggest motivator to me like to make this thing happen but like people really 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 got into it um and that was just so cool stop to finish but like i was like you Coop. like when i finally saw it jerseys on players trayvon and number five like jp okay and then we have to talk about JP literally did the Gator Chomp with a thousand Xavier fans, like yeah. in a packed arena, screaming like, "Dude, that actually happened!" Like, yeah, and that it was, it was so a- wild. Dude. Like a- Andy, I'm sure you noticed it. Like the first one he did, like someone yelled something in the in the stands, and he turned towards our section, and just did it once. I'm like, "Holy shit!" And then like yeah. we all start doing it. Like I got goosebumps to <laughs> doing that. Like, yeah, like, that was I amazing. Think I tweeted, it was literal like hardcore Xavier porn, like from start, like the whole thing was like off the backboard dunks, Trey just putting dudes in blenders and one threes, Mark Lyons just talking all the shit in the world. Like, dude, it was, it was unreal. Uh, it, it was a dream, bro. Like, I, I can't believe we got it done. And I think we set one hell of a foundation. TBT is in love with us. Um, they really, really are committed to us. And, um, and I don't, I don't think it's anything crazy now. I, I probably would have held this closer to the vest, um, but like literally there's a ton of mutual interest between TBT and Xavier administration in bringing TBT to CentOS next year, um, which could be freaking massive. Um, I can only think of, go ahead. That would be just so amazing because not only would uh, like, because they thought that we packed the Cavelli center. Wait till we don't have guys that don't have to drive two hours. Literally, well, like, too. like Trayvon said, like with Aftershock in Wichita, like it would be that type of environment, especially yeah. here too, when there's even more publicity and local media yeah. covering it and stuff like that. Like it's only going to get, it's only going to get bigger pause, but yeah. I and mean, then year two. About when you're a host team, you're prime time. Like you get the choice of slots. You get the choice of when you want to play, where you want to play, like obviously CentOS, but like, we're not going to be having to play at 9 PM on a Sunday night. You know what I mean? We're going to be getting right. prime time games. We're like, you know what I mean? Like that was what, but obviously that was something that hurt a lot was playing 9 PM on a Sunday night. You know, our last game was on a Saturday at eight, you know, we could pack that thing. Um, so we're going to be getting anything we want. And then too, I mean, I don't want to, you know, blow up anything, whatever that isn't set in stone, but this got the dudes fired up. Like the guys that went had a great time, great experience. Like, and we did everything we could to make it a first class, um, you know, experience from the top down um and they were fired up yeah already just you know talking about like who they're going to call what we're going to do next year um and and you know guys had called us um i think next year could just be absolutely bonkers um with what we could bring to centos center and who we could bring to centos center and that like the fact that um like on his way out mark lyons is already talking about like Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're, we got it next year. Don't worry. Like, thanks for coming out. We got it next year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, uh, so like, obviously that's, you don't know what's going to happen 365 days from now, but just yeah. the fact that they loved it that much and had that much fun. Like they're already, they're already thinking about right now at this moment, this is something I want to do next year. Yeah. That's incredible. I didn't think it was going to mean that much to them. I, I, I didn't know. I mean, I, like, I don't know these guys like that, or I didn't go in, but like, I didn't know how much it was going to mean to them, but it meant a lot to them. I think I, I really do think it meant a lot to them. Um, Mark was pretty emotional. Like, it was his first time in the city since 2012. 
Um, first time oh, you know, wow. representing Xavier since 2010. Um, I mean, it was it was really, really cool for these guys. I think Trey really cares about his legacy. I think JP really cares about his legacy. Uh, I think JP has a, a deep, deep love for Xavier fans. Um, I, I really, truly think that he does. I, I was impressed by JP. Um, like he would be, we'd be like talking like the game was over um, and we'd be after, after the loss and we'd be like walking back into the tunnel and he was talking to me about something. And then he turned around and he saw someone in the JP, like a kid in a JP McCurry jersey. He's like, I'm going to go sign that real quick. I'll be back. You know what I mean? Like just constantly yeah. just like looking how he get, he signed his zip him up Jersey and gave it to a little kid. I was just about to yeah. say that. I was just about to like, say that. And, and like, well, that was Cap, the stuff that you, made it special. You probably didn't see it. Sorry. Um, he came so, over to around our section and, you know, someone tossed him like a Charlotte Hornets Macura jersey and he like signed it. He signed several jerseys. And then um, after game one, I think it was before you made it out, but he was out there taking pictures with everybody. And like, I mean, he's a class act. Like he's a, he's a fan favorite for obvious reasons, but like he treats the fans well. And I think that yeah. that got a lot of people even more, I don't know, excited about everything. And I don't know, JP's just like, he's like the guy. I know. And that, like that selfie video with like Andy and the crazies behind him, like, yeah, that, that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, he ate that stuff up and uh, I mean, he was just fantastic, dude. We got, uh, and then we'll get to Rick and, and Rick and Paul here and guys, we're gonna have to put in the show notes, uh, you know, where the, where that interview starts. Cause we've gone a little longer than we anticipated. Um, but there's just so much we could talk. We could go for another two there, hours. There's, we there's talk literally just so much to unwind right now. And well, we haven't dude, even like started breaking down the games. Zip them we'll up. No, zip them. I know. Zip them up. TBT gave us the Nick Cronin story. Like literally <laughs> on inside TBT for 10, 15 minutes, he told the, the JP there, he told the McCronin story. Um, like that's the kind of stuff that comes out of this thing that you just don't expect. Uh, like, um, I'm actually so uh, going to um, chime in there. He actually told it first on the third floor report. Okay. That's enough. true. That's true. Great yeah. interview, by Good the goal. way. Yeah. Look it up. So go check, go check that one out. Um, as that's, uh, that's two of our other uh, clown shows, Xavier fans, uh, Gabe Kusha and, Ian Featherson and Jake uh, Manchester, uh, yeah. absolute clowns. We'll shout them out real quick, but they he he appeared on there and uh, told the story there as well. We'll need to uh, we'll need to plug that pod by the way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, before we get to this interview, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that was involved, whether you were supporting us near or far. It meant the world. Um, and it, this really was just for Xavier Nation, man. This was this was literally that was my number one thing that motivated me every day um, was just delivering this for you guys and just putting this thing on. the. And I knew it was I knew it had a chance to be special. Like I like I knew it. Like I remember telling Rick, like I knew this shit could happen. Like I really did. Like there was a reason I was so like passionate about making it happen. It just made too much sense to me for it not to be a thing. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you for everyone that supported us. It was it was just an absolute blast i mean uh, and rick makes fun of me for this because i'm such a big xavier fan but i told him like this is maybe the coolest thing i've ever done in my life and he was like that's kind of sad and i was like yeah maybe for you you know what i mean like you don't get it you know what i mean but like for a fucking salty navy vet who's had some shitty stuff happen and you know like you know not to get too deep but like it, it just meant a lot man like it meant a lot and it was really really cool and i know it was for a lot of people too like you know, my dad's like already, he, my dad's written like 15 thank you notes, like the players and stuff and all that kind of shit. Like it meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, and that's and, one and thing I, I, I really got the feel of, um, like when I was just talking to people at the bar beforehand, like I was talking yeah. to a bunch of people, I didn't even know their name, but like I knew they were, they're excited about Xavier. And yeah. um, like everybody was just, I cannot believe this is actually happening. They were we carry yeah. Euro jerseys everywhere. <laughs> it was, so cool. it <laughs> was, dude. It was, it was Xavier porn. Like, I, like, 
I remember as a kid, like, I would always, like, play, like, 2K and, like, try to, like, put all the Xavier guys on a team and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. literally a – it was a childhood dream, man. Like, just seeing, like, a Xavier dream team. Like, it was awesome. And I think we're going to have some more guys that you would put on your Xavier dream team next year. Um, I really do. I mean, we've gotten calls from some of those guys. So, um, And it, uh, it, a, a special shout-out to the crazies, we'll call them, in our section, section yeah. 15, of course, Andy. Andy was bringing it hey, all game Wolf. long, made an Danny appearance Wolf. on the ESPN3. Danny Wolf, Patrick Capel, Ahmad, Anyone like that everybody. wore face paint, you get an extra, an extra, an extra. Zip them up, kudos. Um, yeah. Danny Stu was hilarious. Uh, it was just so cool also just to put faces to Twitter handles, you know. Um, yeah. And especially, too, after a COVID year and, you know, some tough Xavier years, like just being able to be at a Xavier event in person was so special. Um, and then, too, it, it, this was like Devereaux's on steroids mountain doing crack you know like i miss Devereaux so much like that just that that summer appetizer of hoops um and whichever team would have like three or four xavier guys i'd watch every single game they played this was a xavier team i mean obviously we had kl who was awesome and tony like it was great too like and that was fine but like a xavier dream team just in like a real tournament playing for real stakes like in front of real fans at a real environment real arena um, it was a dream and it was just really, really cool. And, you know, I just couldn't be more thankful, but, um, thankful to you guys as well for all the support. You guys were, were fantastic. I must say, I do have a gripe with the tournament for, uh, <laughs> um, putting us on the AAC network and yeah, yeah. That, like, well, how do you put that on the AAC network? Like serious. Yeah, what, well, I think it helps you just to kind of, you know, not take what we have for granted, you know, um, because that's, that's their every day. We had to deal with it, you know, once and they, they you know, that's their every single day life. So. That's, that's true. Um, so count um, your blessings, Andy. <laughs> but I say we get to this interview on um, that's, that's probably what the majority of our people are here for anyway. And then we can, you know, get in our fields after, but we're really, really excited to talk to Paul Frischner and Rick Brolring, uh, who were gracious enough to give us their time. And we're going to break down the games and break down all the fun stuff and all the fun moments and everything like that. And uh, should be really, really fun. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast. This interview is presented by E&J Brandy. We are here with the Musketeer Report fellas, Rick Browning and Paul. Fellas, how are we doing? Fantastic. I like that you didn't take a stab at my last name right there. <laughs> I respect that, right? Respect move. Like, when right you're on first right name basis, her. it's like LeBron, Kobe, Paul. You know what I mean? First name basis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you actually sponsored by Irk and Jerk Brandy? <laughs> <laughs> No, but Rick Carter is. Oh, I was gonna say, like most of my fights in college were sponsored by ENJ Brandy as well. So <laughs> sweet. Yeah, Rick refused to use the regular towels. I would pass him one. He'd be like, "No, I need ENJ when I gotta stay on brand." I respect that. Um, That's yeah, wild. He's, he's a wild fellow, wild guy. Um, so yeah. since we have some volume shooters in here, crowded room, me, me and Andy are like Jordan Crawford and JP. We'll go ahead and address you personally when we ask you a question. Uh, which honestly we need it for ourselves. But so I'll go ahead and just ask you, Rick, right off the bat here. What did you think about that initial 10 minute stretch, zip them up style, just absolutely blowing Ohio out of the gym? What were your initial thoughts after they needed that timeout? Uh, well, the, the initial 10 seconds were all you really needed to see. I mean, <laughs> when you see that ball get turned around and kicked out to JP and he's, sta he's standing 28 feet from the basket for no reason at all to begin with, you're just, you know exactly what's about to happen. And the fact that it went in right away, I mean, that was either going to be a three foot air ball that went out of bounds and he laughed as he was jogging back, or it was going to be bottoms and he was going to start talking crazy and everyone on the bench was going to be dying laughing. Fortunately for all of us, it was the latter. And I was cracking up immediately as soon as the game started. Like, I was just dying laughing. I was like, oh, this is exactly what you'd expect. And then the barrage just continued from there. 
you had the perfect guys. If you were going to have a 10 minute stretch like that, you had the perfect personalities that I wanted to see. Maybe Jalen Reynolds could have made it a little more fun because <laughs> he would have been ridiculous. But like those were the guys I wanted to see on the court, just go off and be on full tilt. It was fantastic. What about you, Paul? Well, the funny thing was, so the funny thing was I was in the, I was in the like fourth or fifth inning of a game and I saw the thing that said that the game was starting. So I was like, okay, well, I tried to turn it on at a commercial. And by the time I turned the game on, it was already like whatever it was, 10 or 11 to nothing. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to not watch anything and I'll go back and watch it later. So I luckily ESPN had a replay on and I went back, I watched pretty much the whole game later. And I'm the same way as Rick. As soon as I saw JP, like the camera angle and you could see like the lag coming down the court. And then all of a sudden there was JP in like that same spot as he took that shot that he missed at MSG in the Big East semifinal against the, whoever that was Creighton. I was like, I mean, I mean, there's no doubt in your mind, right? He's taking that shot and I was just whether it went in or not. And, uh, and then as soon as he, he makes the shot and then he just turns around immediately to the bench right there. I was like, doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. This is exactly what everybody that's watching right now signed up for. No doubt. I feel like it was over once he dove into the bench. Like the, the place just went nuts. And I was like, it's over. Like, honestly, in my head, I was like, this ball game's done. That was absolutely wild. And I thought the fan support was nuts. I mean, we bring that up. Um, but I didn't know what to expect being so close to the project. But it felt like fans on Twitter and on, at the game treated it almost like a pseudo NCAA tournament game, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask you guys. I mean, I, I, we could see it on TV and I could hear the Let's Go X and everything. But like, what was it like being in there? Andy. It was loud. Um, it was exhausting <laughs> at some points, but just like screaming at the top of your lungs. And they gave us a lot to scream about. So I came out of the um, first game like I need a nap because it was just absolute electric factory. Uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. And then too, I, we had that pregame event um, at at Bar Varsity Club. And I'm seeing videos on Facebook of Andy on stage at Varsity Club just screaming his face off. And then he gets to the arena and obviously did the same thing for another two hours. But it was fantastic. I mean, JP did the gator chomp with the fans. Like, it was an honestly unreal arena. Like, TBT staff came up to us after and said it was, like, the best arena they've ever seen for a first-year team. I got chills walking in. One of the – one of the funny things about that Gator Chop is so when that, when when JP when Xavier played at Wisconsin, so I was at that game and I didn't work like the first half of that game. I was just sitting in the stands watching the game, and uh, the second half, the Xavier social media crew needed me to you know help out do something. So I sat on the floor like right underneath the basket for the second half of that Wisconsin game. So when JP did that gator chomp, he walked like straight down directly down at me. And I didn't realize he was doing it because I was editing like a a clip from something else on my phone. And so I looked up and if you like the picture of him doing this, uh, like I'm, I'm like right out of the frame, but I was trying to get my phone up to, to like get, cause it would have been, I mean, the, the most direct camera angle of anything coming straight at him. And it's still, it's, what now almost four years later and i i still honest to god think about it all the time that i couldn't get my camera going fast enough to get him walking straight down but as soon as i saw him doing it on uh whatever that was whatever night it was last week i mean that was great it was fantastic don't worry the broadcasters calling the game didn't know either um (laughs) (laughs) it begins uh and and two things one andy was in his element i felt like this week and that was peak andy i had a good time following him more so than i think the team 
that we need more events like that just for Andy to really shine and, and do him. Um, the second was, I, I actually did think that was a really good showing from the Xavier fan base. No, all jokes aside and everything like that. I didn't know what to expect from it either. I could sense based on your guys' tweets and everything that there are at least some people going to a bar beforehand and that we're going to have a good time. But I thought it would be more like Andy and 10 of his best buddies. I didn't realize it was going to look like the Centos Center, like a quarter or half of it traveled up to Ohio State and, and hung out for the night. So um, it was it was legit impressive and came across really well on TV to the point that you would notice it, I think, even if you were just a casual observer. I mean, you know what I was thinking the whole time watching it, Rick, was I, I was thinking about the Charleston games last year. I mean, that was kind of what yeah. it felt like coming through on TV from the atmosphere-wise. I mean, I wasn't at Charleston either, but just the atmosphere of it sounded almost the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I think we probably got a good – 1250 to 1500 i mean the the arena fat arena fit excuse me 3000 and i think i mean it was it was, it was pretty wild but the, they we got mileage out of those guys too it was just it was nuts it was really really good um but anyway so it, i i called it on, on xavier twitter i called it you know xavier hardcore pornography you know what i mean just start to finish i mean it really was i mean just all the jp alligator chomps trayvon blewett just absolutely body bagging an n13 off the backboard dunks uh i saw you guys article top five moments from it uh, I just want to know what your favorite moment was in particular. And I'll start with Paul. Oh, uh, <laughs> oof, geez. Oh, the, uh, the Sean O'Mara dunk that didn't count because yeah. it was, it was everything. It was everything about college basketball in one, you know, the charge, the dunk <laughs> off the backboard, just everything wrapped up into one. Like that was, that was the moment to me. Yeah. And it didn't count. It got wiped <laughs> off. It was funny because Brian, uh, real quick, Brian O'Connell was there and I had like a pretty long conversation with him, me, my girlfriend and D and like we had, and he was nice and sit. And then like 15 minutes after the conversation was over, we walk away. We're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, it was just really, really funny. Have like a real conversation with Brian O'Connell. What about you, Rick? Yeah, no, that, uh, the top moment was, I think, or the best moment that I had well, that I wrote in the article was the JP just fire in the first possession of the game. Cause it was just like, it set the tone. It was what everyone was waiting for. It was like, do the JP shot, do the JP shot. And then he did the JP shot. It worked. And it was like, all right, this is great. Uh, but I will say uh, one other moment that stood out to me that I would have included, but I just didn't feel it was like big enough that everyone else would appreciate it enough was the Mark Lyons doing the going yes. down, bowing his head, folding his hands, going to the other team's huddle to hug the guy and then being offended that the organizers of the tournament were like, Hey, what are you doing here? Like, maybe don't go into their huddle. Like he was offended by that after he had just been jaw to jaw with that guy fighting. So I, I mean, it was peak cheeks. I mean, he was, he was just absolutely electric. It's like nothing ever changed from when he left the Centos center. Not a single thing. Andy, did you have a different one that stood out to you? All right. So, um, I have, I have two, um, my, one of my uh, favorite moments was, and this is probably just the, the place went absolutely bonkers. And I had, I lost all control of my body uh, after this was, um, <laughs> was the Trayvon blue at half spin four point oh play God. same spot as Georgetown. Oh my, like you could not have drawn, like drawn that up any better. Put a guy in a spin cycle, then a, a, tra a typical Trayvon blue at nothing but nylon and getting the end one. That Beautiful. was gorgeous. That was gorgeous. Mine has to be Mark Lyons. I think he just got like a layup on this guy for like the third play in a row. And he did – you couldn't see it on TV because, they, you know, the screen panned away. But he did the he too little thing in his bubble 
all the way down the court into their set. It was, it felt like 40 seconds. It was probably like 10 to 15. But he did the U2 little in his face for like 15, 20 seconds. It was fantastic. You, you got to see some of it on the broadcast, right? Or am yeah. I think, or did he do it like multiple times? Because I definitely saw there was one point where he jogged like more than half the court doing that. And I was yeah. dying laughing. Yeah, he did it. You, it panned away from it. So you didn't see the whole thing. But he did it okay. all the way down the court, like into their set. He was still doing it. Yeah. It was just fantastic. Mark was unreal also i will say just watching like those guys argue about every call and jaw back and forth and like just bicker that was practice every day when chris mack first took over the program with sean miller's guys it was like mark and two and justin and these other guys just fighting about calls and it was like you know i think dante jackson was a grad assistant at the time so it was like dante refing you know and, and like they're just wanting to fight him over calls in practice and like guys, we're on the same team. No one wins. Like, we're just trying to do a drill so we can get better. Just can we move on with Literally. practice today? And there, that was not an option. Like, it was life or death on every call. And that's why those guys are who they are. Like, that's why they're good. That's why they're, you know, uber competitive and all that. It's bonkers, dude. We hired refs to ref our first five-on-five session. Uh, we did two a days in training camp. And I don't know what Rick Carter paid them, but it wasn't enough. Like literally yeah. every single call, like it was of another five minutes of just arguing. And Rick Carter's been just like, shut the fuck up and play. Like he just got fed up with it. It was just fantastic. I loved every second of it. Um, just unbelievable by those guys. And what a, a mixture of guys. Like having a Makura and a Lions on the same team, like, is that even fair? Like it was just so much entertainment value. I don't know what you guys thought about that group together, but it was just wild. Did well, you I thought- hear Jeff Robinson talk at any point throughout the time based on who else was in that huddle? No, he didn't say a word. I mean, literally, <laughs> everyone else had checked into the hotel. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. He just got a new job. So he would drive home after the games in Columbus to Indianapolis, work a nine to five, drive up to the arena like an hour and a half before the game and just catch bodies. Grown man shit. Yeah. That's that's a pretty strong move. Like do a nine to five and then go hit ESPN two to uh, zip somebody <laughs> up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grown man stuff right there. What about you, Paul? What'd you think about watching all those guys together? No, I was going to say, I mean, Rick, Rick hit it. Like I was going to say Jeff Robinson was kind of like my sneaky guy at that tournament. I mean, where did yeah. he come? From? I mean, we knew what he did at Xavier, but like, I mean, Jeff just all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and, and doing some great stuff for Xavier. And the other thing too, I mean, that Mark Lyons pass where he went over, I don't forget who he was feeding on that play, but where he went over his head, Robinson. was that Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't remember who that was. Yeah, I mean that like just that kind of Dan's tweet, uh, Dana and Victory. Dan's tweet of just like the peak Chris Mack era of everything that went into that, just the whole game. I mean, it was like he said, it was like a microcosm of the whole Chris Mack era. It was fantastic. It had everything that that even just not one game. Like, granted, I know like it would have been great to have won three games, be playing Dayton. But like that one game, I think was what you guys really built everything to, and it it checked every single box. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously we weren't super stoked. I mean, we, we planned on going much much farther. I think we had the roster to go a lot farther. But that one game in and of itself was more than you know fit the price of admission, in my opinion. Like that was just, like you said, check every single box you could have ever hoped for. Uh, and you bring up Dan. It's funny. He said something about like you know we talk about Xavier Lore, whether it's jumping off two feet, whatever the heck it is. I do think the Xavier's zip up scrimmage is going to be one of those things that's just talked about forever. Just as like the, you know, if you were there, it was, you know, you're famous in Xavier circles. I thought that was wild. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice going to be flex. like this old team USA, the dream team, like scrimmage games when it was like Malone <laughs> yeah. and Weber and Jordan, and all those guys going at it. So yeah, that's uh that's a good call by Dan. I think he's exactly right. 
lost footage. <laughs> Definitely going to live on. And I heard – I actually wasn't even there. I had to go to the three-point contest. But I heard it wasn't even, like, that crazy. But I just feel like people were dying for footage. It was just really, really funny. Um, but it'll, it'll, it'll be in the 30 for 30 for sure. Oh, no question. It's funny. They actually brought up – Cliffy Ballgame actually brought up doing, like, a hard knocks next year. Like, Mark Lyons right after the game is like, you know, we're coming hard next year. Like, we're doing tryouts and stuff. And uh, Cliffy Ballgame's like, we'll do a, a zip them up hard knocks. I was like – Sign me up. Do it. Sign me up. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, the way fans are starved for off-season content, like that would go over extremely well. Extremely well with the fan base. No question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. If you, if you were doing stuff in June and early July that had actual basketball content, like that would be – could you imagine? Like they people would love that. Oh, it's a layup. One yeah. million percent yeah. a layup. I mean, it, yeah, it, would, yeah. it clearly would hit if, especially like people spend their um, days in June and July listening to idiots like us just for a glimpse <laughs> of Xavier content. Uh, they'll definitely eat a documentary of Xavier basketball up. Yeah, sign episodes. me up for Rick Carter telling CJ Anderson he's too fat to play on the team. <laughs> <laughs> sign me up. I mean, uh, Rick Carter, not exactly the most spelled of guys. So him just dropping <laughs> the fat bomb on people. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Entertaining though. And that was what was cool is like just top down. Like we wanted to, like I personally wanted to enable like that kind of environment was fun. Rick Carter at halftime, he said two things at halftime of the Ohio game up 20. He's like, number one, don't stop talking shit. Number two, keep having fun. Let's go get back out there. Like, I mean, just top to bottom, like we enabled that and we wanted that. You know what I mean? I thought it was just perfect. We had the perfect group for all that kind of stuff. I'm you putting that so, on my ceiling. Jimmy Chitwood there in the huddle. So I, I think that <laughs> <laughs> what a lot you could do to uh, rein those, those wild ponies in. Yeah, that is that is very, very true. So, um, what, so what are, zip, zip them Up goes one and one in their TBT debut. Obviously not as far as we wanted to go, uh, but I think we, we definitely set the tone and, and set a, you know, a pretty good foundation this year. And I don't think Xavier basketball was shy about the fact that, you know, they're interested in hosting TBT. Uh, TBT is host is said that as well, that they're interested in CentOS being a host, uh, you know, location. What do you guys think about that potentially being a thing next year for, for Xavier TBT? Well, that was exactly, I mean, I was opening my mouth to ask the same thing. If there was going to be like, if there's actual optimism about that, or if that's like, you know, just throwing it out there to like get the fans going, or I was kind of curious, like, you guys had talked to people or if, if that yeah. was actually something that could happen or if that's just like a fan interaction thing that you guys are kind of just throwing out there. Like, do you have any idea about that? Yeah, it's not nothing. I'll tell you it's not nothing. Um, and that's a stupid, you know, sentence, but, uh, but about two months ago, TVT reached out to us and was like, Hey, um, you know, once, once I think they started taking us seriously, uh, they had interest in the CentOS center, obviously the CentOS center. And they said, do you think there'd be an interest on the Xavier admin side? Um, and, you know, we put him in touch with Tom Iser and, and we left it at that. Um, and then a couple you know, months later, we see Xavier tweeting about it. We see TBT tweeting about it. Um, and we followed up and they're like, yeah, there's real traction. Um, so I, I definitely think there's real traction there. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but it's also, you know, not a pipe dream either. I don't I don't know if you guys got this reaction from Xavier fans or people that were watching, but it seemed to me a lot of people that I talked to and some of the reaction I was seeing on Twitter was a lot of like, I didn't get it going in. I wasn't all that excited yeah. about this. And then like five, 10, 15 minutes into that first game, which obviously the way it started helped for certain, but you know, by halftime, at least a lot of people seem to be on the, the vibe of, I, I get it now. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> I, I love this. I'm all in. Like, I hope it comes here next year. So I would imagine 
the response next year will actually be even bigger. Cause I think the, the thing I would have been worried about is like, Hey, you did it this year. It was a cool novelty thing to see these guys together again, but does it have longevity? Like do, do people, mm-hmm. people really want to see you come back again next year and form a team, especially not really making a run. And I think the answer coming away from it is yes. Like overwhelmingly, I think people are very into this now and, and totally see value in it. Trying to explain to trying to explain to my family like the Elam ending and like the whole idea of what was going on here was just I was like just watch the game and you'll get it and they were like so I get a text at halftime I'm like I'm in the middle of my game I get a text at halftime and my family's like this is the best thing I've ever watched I'm like yeah now you know what I'm talking about so are we pre um, free throw shooting contest and dribbling out the clock or pre game winners of every game. Or pro game winners every year. <laughs> pro. Oh, oh my God. Get rid of the charge. Let's get the charge out of here. Not having to call the damn charge every single time. I seriously, I tweeted it, but or posted yeah. on the board or whatever. I was like, every time they were like running into the lane, I was like, oh my God, here comes a charge. And they're, you know, they're doing this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on. Whoa. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. And the like, officiating was absolutely terrible, but that's just goes to show you how much better it is when you don't call charges all the time. Like yes. it makes it seem better, even though the officiating sucked. For the most yes. Part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but, uh, oh yeah. The, the Elam ending was great. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't really see a way with media rights and everything that like incorporated into the actual game, but like for this, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it'll never happen. I mean, people are just too stuck in tradition. I mean, they're not, willing to make changes that make tons of sense. This one's a little <laughs> more outside the box, so I don't think it'll ever actually happen, uh, at least in our lifetimes. But are you guys actually in on it from a, like, if real college basketball were to go to this or the NBA, would you still be in on it? Or do you think it's more of like, uh, it's it's kind of made for something like this, where it's a, a sideshow and something that's a little bit different? Personally, I'm all for it. Um, because I hate free throw shooting contests because um, – we don't practice free throws when we're tired enough. Um, but like, I, I think basketball is better when you play more basketball. When you don't, you, when they just dribble around and waste the thirty seconds of the shot clock. Like I, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch teams continue to have the foot on the gas and and continue to attack. And also, with the Elam ending, the game's never truly like over until they hit the Elam ending. You could be down thirty and still be in it. Yeah. Whereas if you're th- down 30 with a minute, with two minutes left, I mean, you got the walk-ons in, you, you're just kind of uh, get, get yeah. um, Andy Piccarillo a three out there. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to see it implemented like for a whole season, but I'd like to see it maybe like in a preseason tournament. You know what I mean? Maybe see it like in an Orlando Invitational for three games, see how it looks. Um, the the NIT should totally do it. Oh yeah. Oh, literally. Oh yeah. They should just run. to add yeah. more, more intrigue. I, I, so I agree with everything Andy said, actually, I don't, really have any logical reason why I would prefer them to stay with the traditional clock. But I also do feel like it's just a little too far outside the box to actually implement it into real. Like, I feel like you do need the clock, the strategy of the end of the game, yeah. holding on to the ball, taking care of it and the buzzer beaters. I, I like, I realize yeah. it's more exciting to do the Elam ending where you have a game winning shot almost every single time, but there's something about the buzzer beater. I just can't, <laughs> up i'm addicted i'm with you on that march madness like and i think what makes college basketball great is tradition you know what i mean i feel like it's going to be really really tough to knock that away but the Elon's, well, and i think it's even a, a huge comment to the Elon that we even have the conversation 
Yeah, that's true. No overtimes either. That's a good point, Rick. Like not not saying it leads to good basketball all the time, but there's still something in our heads that likes overtime. Well, <laughs> I'm not sitting here like I'm not sitting here like basketball needs to change, like it needs this or else the game's ruined. Right. Um, but I personally would be all for it for those reasons. But I mean, everybody knows how much I love basketball the way it is. Um, buzzer beaters, triple overtime, Final Four games <laughs> with Mick Cronin on the sideline, like. We love that shit. But yeah. the oh other my thing, God. too, it totally throws off gambling. I mean, my goodness. Oh, like, yeah. like that's that's a huge – like, if I'm sitting there sweating and over, and then all of a sudden I got this Elam thing I got to worry about, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, that's a great point. That's a good reason that it'll never change. You're yeah, absolutely right about that. That's that'll what I mean. do it. Like, that's a that, – I mean, it would adjust, but at the same time, like, that's a – Imagine bet like if you're winning by 30, right? And you need just eight more points to hit, or you know, you're you're sitting with an under and you're like 20 points good, and then all of a sudden, you know, there would be like four minutes left. And you're like, no, you know, they're gonna put the walk-ons in, like cash this under, and you already start spending your winnings, and then all of a sudden, like this clown team comes out of nowhere, you know, and and comes back and then it hits the over, and you're like, Whoa, hold on, wait, what do we do? What are we doing here? <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. That's something at least to throw in there. But then uh, you also got to put that on yourself for betting it under. <laughs> no, that, that is, that is true. That's a great point, Andy. That's a fantastic point. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought it would make sense if we did our, our zip them up award show. We're calling it the zippies. Um, so we will start with, we will start with our most, uh, with our overachieving player, our most overachieving player. Um, and I think we talked about it a little bit, but Paul, who are you giving the most, most overachieving oh, player award to? Over, overachieving? Yes. Like uh, overexceeded your expectations. Exceeded your expectations. Oh, I'm, Jeff, I'm an Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Robinson. The grown man. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that. Three, Jeff. He had like yeah. three dunks and five possessions, like just yeah. catching bodies. Yeah. yeah. That was nuts. What about you, Rick? Yeah, no, Jeff is a really good answer, and he'd definitely be right up there for me. I, just to be different, though, am I the only one who was surprised at how good of shape Sean O'Mara was in? Like, I know he's been playing professionally, but he looked yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. He looks like a primary big uh, and a premier big at that, uh, whereas, like, when he was at Xavier, he was always our second or third guy, but he looked like the guy that's keeping the post man down there. and He's got to be down. 20, 25 pounds. He looks a lot more Easy. athletic, too. That's what I was saying. I didn't expect his body to look significantly better than when he left Xavier, to be honest, at this point of his career. I just didn't. Right. Yeah. No, he looks he looks fantastic. I, I remember seeing him when he got off the plane, and I was like, holy shit. Like, he just did not look like even the same human. He, he's probably lost you know, 25, 30 pounds. He looks fantastic. Yeah, I thought he, he had a big impact on Saturday. Yeah, he was fantastic. And, and I always thought he was a nice player. And obviously, I think between the ears, he's a nice passer. He does all this kind of stuff. But now, now with 20 pounds off for me, he was rising way easier, too. I thought yeah. he looked really, really good. That was actually, in my opinion, that was a big issue that we had on Sunday was um, foul trouble took him out of the game early. And yeah. not missing his presence, it we didn't have the same inside presence. I mean, Jeff Robinson was phenomenal, uh, like, like we just talked about. But Sean O'Mara is a completely different presence. And I think – him, uh, him bodying that big lefty that uh, Buffalo had, it he had some tough shots, but I think O'Mara's presence in there would it would yeah, give us a, a, a more of an edge, and yeah. uh, they, they don't get as many offensive rebounds with Sean down there. 
Yeah, you needed yeah. Sean. I, I think the most overachieving player, and it's a horrible name for an award, I think it was Brandon Randolph. I thought Brandon Randolph looked freaking good. I think he missed uh, one shot in the tournament. Um, I think you I actually missed might, a three. He was you fantastic. actually might have the right answer there. Good call. Yeah, I did. I'll be honest. He overachieved so much that I kind of forgot that he was on the team. <laughs> he was. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he had that open court dunk. I mean, and especially those are tough threes to make, especially when like you need you know a secondary ball handler when like Samaje or, or Mark's not on the floor. I thought Brandon was awesome. He he was fantastic. I mean, he he was really really good. Yeah, I don't think people expected much when we added him, but I thought, you know, I remember seeing him the first day in practice, like, whoa, this is a different player. It you definitely know, he, wasn't an overwhelming uh, addition to the team at first, but it ended up being a much, much needed secondary ball handle, a guy that he hit some tough, tough shots in much needed positions. Uh, he had a couple um, run-ending uh, threes that yeah. uh, that kept us that kept us in the game, and he shot so efficiently with a hand in his face. Yeah, he yeah. was great. And then, too, I mean, he was also awesome just mentally. Like, he was just great to deal with. He, he was – I have the utmost respect for Brandon. Because I think it would be fair if he was a little bit sour about his Xavier time. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a crazy thing. Yeah. Um, but he talked to me multiple times about how happy he was to be back and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I really respected that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, okay, Andy, I know I'm going to pull an audible here on you. But let's go MVP because I think this is going to affect a different award. Who is your zip em up MVP? We'll go with you first, Paul. Oh, man. Tough, uh... tough one. Yeah. E.J. Anderson? Um, yeah, did he even – did he get a minute? <laughs> he did not. I, I wrote Rick about that. I was like, we couldn't give him any garbage time. Come on. Man. Yeah, I was I, – I didn't know if maybe I had missed something in the first game when I was, like, skipping through to try and, you know, to watch it. I, I didn't know if maybe I had missed, like, one, like, 30-second spurt or something. Rick actually tried to jokingly put him in, and, and CJ was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he didn't play a single minute, but he also sat the least. That's true. Did not okay. sit one time. That's true. Okay. Good call. You know, uh, before I say the MVP, and this is going to kind of take things in a different direction, so let's make sure I remind me to circle back to this, but I don't want to forget to say this. The sneaky biggest thing out of this tournament for me, <laughs> having worked in social media at Xavier for four years, was the actual accounts using zip them up yes. Because that has been so – like – that was like the cardinal sin in my time there was doing that. And that was like, do not like stay away from it, you know, whatever. So when I saw that for the first time, I was like, whoa, like maybe fans get it. Maybe they don't, but like, that was a huge deal. And and one of them, they kind of like fed into it that they were like, you know, yeah. when you can finally use it from the main account or whatever that I was like, whoa, that's, yeah. I was like, whoa, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I fist pumps when I saw that tweet. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did not expect Xavier basketball Twitter to like completely embrace it. Like I thought they were going to give us like one or two tweets here and there, uh, but they went all in. I mean, we were getting like five, six tweets a day. They were they like a, a team Twitter account for you. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> I did not expect that at all. And I think that was just developing relationships with those guys because at first they wanted nothing to do with it. And we were getting a lot of sentiment. Like we don't want anything to do with zip them up stuff. Like we, you know, we support you guys, blah, blah, blah. We'll say like Xavier alumni once in a while, but they didn't want to do anything to do with it. And then I'm with Cliff. Uh, he came out and stuff like that. And I was like, is this you on the Twitter account? And he's like, that's Mario. I was like, shit. Uh, so yeah. I thought that was pretty freaking cool. Well, I mean, e even if you go back, this was whenever you first started putting it out there, the idea of a TBT team and it, maybe it, like someone retweeted or maybe Carter said he was involved or whatever it was. When, when it first yeah. started coming a thing, I had Mario on a podcast 
and it was I brought it up to him or someone had I think someone on the message board had asked him about it um so we, we brought it up on the podcast and he at the time I said would you, like do you think that would be cool and he was like yeah and I said well do you have any names that you think would be good for it and he goes well I think the one that's been thrown out there would be pretty good and that was zip them up at the Ooh. time so yeah. he was he's been in on it for a while that was a long time coming that's cool I think him like that tweet said, having a reason to be able to use up them up yeah. in an official capacity and not be uh, taken to task for. But you also got to remember, Father Graham just left. So there's also like <laughs> the guy who was like in charge and all worried about how it looked and made Chris Mack go apologize in front of everybody, which was ridiculous. That guy's leaving and doesn't have any say anything anymore. So I think sure. times have changed a little bit in that regard. Yeah. So anyway, I did want to make sure I said that because that that is a sneaky big deal for Xavier Twitter to have used that from, you know, a blue checkmark account for Xavier that that they were going at that. But uh, anyway, back to MVP. Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was like 1.30 in the morning when I was watching that first game. Um, uh, am I allowed to say JP for how different they looked without him? Of course you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, God, that's a hell of a take, but damn, I mean, they just look like a different team on, on, in the second game than they did in the first game. Um, but I guess yes. on the court, I mean, some of those shots that Trayvon was hitting to even keep them in the game, like that's an easy answer. Maybe that's a cop out, but I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll, I guess that's what I'll go with. Fair enough. What about you, Ray? I think you throw out the second game cause it was a bad performance. You guys lost, uh, I don't think it really factors in. So I think you go with whoever really was the MVP of the first game in my mind. And so I'm going to go with Trayvon Blewett in that regard. I mean, if you're, you're asking who put up the best numbers across the two days, it's probably Mark Lyons. Right. But if I'm going with who was the, the, the best player in that first game, I'm going to go Trayvon. Yeah. yeah. What's your Andy? So, I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot. Um, uh, Cap and I have. Um, so um, I'll kind of let him talk more about it, but I truly believe it was Mark Lyons. And it's not just because of the play. Um, it is because of the leadership he had out there and the fact that he just exemplifies the name on the front of the jersey so well. Like He was the emotional the character uh, leader, and he was the guy keeping everybody engaged and fired up on the bench. He was the energy. Even during the, even during the second game when things were really going south. Yeah. Dude, Mark blew me away, man. Like, I didn't know what the hell to expect. I knew – I had heard Rick, Rick – I mentioned this a couple times when we were down there, up there. I was like, Rick – I remember Rick talking about, like, how he got a lot of flack and stuff. But I remember, Rick, you saying, like, he was – you know, he was always great to you and he treated you really, really well and Super stuff. charismatic guy. Very, very. I had no idea what to expect out of Mark. I, honestly, if I, you were going to ask me before the tournament, I was like, he's probably going to be tough to deal with and I'm probably not going to like him very much. Um, but I was blown away by Mark. I mean, start to finish, he was incredibly respectful, super, super cool, um, and just was a pro. I mean, you could just tell. I mean, he shot better than Trey in practice. Like, he was fantastic. And then, too, I mean, the second game, we obviously lost and stuff. Um, so, yeah, you want to throw the baby with the bathwater or whatever, but, like, he was dragging us, dude. Like, mentally, emotionally, like Andy said, like, every huddle, you know, was just not taking bullshit from anyone, like himself or the team. I was, I was incredibly impressed, and he just completely embodied it. And then also, too, I, I thought it was really, really cool. Like, after the game, you know, we're walking out of the arena and stuff, and he's just going up to Xavier fans, like, don't worry, like, next year, like, we're coming with this, this, and this. And he, like, would pull me aside and be like, what do you guys think about this person, that person, blah, blah, blah. Like, he really, really got into it. And he's been texting me today. Like, Mark got really into it. And I thought that was really, really cool. Cool. 
Yeah. I mean, people wanted to dog him too. I mean, he shot 11 of 16. I mean, I know the turnovers were like the, the bad part, but I mean, like, even with all the heat checks, and still like was lighting it up. No, I mean, he had a, a couple of the typical Mark things that, you know, with Mark, you always took the good with the bad. He's extremely talented, but he's also going to do things his way and take a lot of chances. And so with that'll come strings of turn. I mean, on, in a lot of ways, he was similar to JP Makira. Like yeah. they have strings of bad plays and strings of great plays. And um, he had one of those strings of bad plays at the end of that second game mm-hmm. where he had a couple turnovers. And then he had the situation where he was, I think sort of bothered with a ref fighting with a ref and like, let someone yeah. go right around him for a ball. A couple of things like that, that really jump out to Xavier fans specifically that like are why people started criticizing him. But you're right. I mean, he was also the best player on the floor for most of that game too. So, I mean, yeah. I thought Mark had a, a really good weekend. Um, like I said, if I'm throwing the second game out though, I probably just give it to Trayvon because I thought he was best in Saturday night's game. I think that is very, 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 very fair. Okay. But I think we talked about best moments. So we'll go ahead and skip over that one. Most entertaining player. I think this is probably, this one might be kind of easy, but there's a multiple candidates, honestly, as well. We'll go with you, Paul. Oh. Are we, are we doing a unanimous vote for JP here? Or, or is, <laughs> Whoa. I mean, I guess you could pick, you could pick Mark, I guess. Yeah, I, I would, was going to say Mark. Cheek, so, yeah, I was going to go Mark. See, well, uh, okay, then I'll, then I'll, I'll, I, I mean, maybe I'm just literally going off that first possession of the game, but like that was all I needed. <laughs> I was sold <laughs> immediately. Yeah, I mean, that's all, that's all I needed. But like, I guess Mark, I guess Mark turned out a more consistent effort, maybe over the two games. That's so much entertainment value. His shit talk was just incredible. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just Devros that thing after the dive out of bounds and just call it game because it was over. Like, let's be honest. And yeah, I mean, I want to say the most like based on the stories that um, Jason told me. I mean, I think I have to go most entertaining is Wheeze. Like, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's always an option. Not miking up Wheeze was a massive oversight, but we had to mic up Carter. Like, you only have so many mics. Like, Cliff just ran out of batteries. You know. Dude, the amount of times anyone – Mark Lyons could have caught the ball in the post against Nick Perkins, and Weez would have gone, oh, you got a baby down there. <laughs> I mean, it was just – it was awesome, dude. Weez was – he was because we had to pay $1,000 to bring Weez on because he was an extra roster spot past the deadline. Worth every penny. Worth every <laughs> single penny, dude. Oh, my God. And then the amount of shit talk between him and JP. I mean, JP would just call him fat every five seconds. <laughs> Um, it was fantastic. I, it was Xavier porn. I mean, it was, it was unreal. <laughs> like we'd ask what kind of pizza you want. And then, uh, you know, JP would start ordering for CJ. I mean, it was, it was just awesome. You can't beat that kind of stuff. <laughs> Nothing it was like great. Corroborate from those guys. That's for sure. No, no, you really can't beat that. Uh, anything else that you guys had on your mind? I think we're out of questions. Anything else that you guys let stuck out to you about the whole experience? Rick? Well, I would just say, uh, I mean, I know you guys will probably spend 20 minutes at the beginning of this podcast sucking yourselves off like you did last week, but um, <laughs> but you guys really did do uh, a hell of a job organizing this. And like, that's the difference. We've seen other teams try to try to start this that have a strong alumni base from a player's perspective, that have a strong fan group and it goes nowhere and it completely flops and they don't get the right guys to participate. Like credit to you for actually putting it together, actually organizing it and getting like Xavier to buy into it to the point, like getting the big donors at Xavier to, to help you guys fund it and, and getting the players to actually buy it and support it. And to the point where it didn't become a thing where guys were like, Oh, they flamed out quick, like turn your head and, and, ignore that it's like guys like no i want to be there next year helping you 
grow this thing and make it even farther. So kudos to you guys for that. I was legitimately impressed by what you put together over the last year plus. Well, I Appreciate thought it, too, I thought it was, too, it was cool seeing, you know, Paul, Dewan, some of those guys from the team that were up there. You know, they could have easily blown that off and stayed down in Cincinnati, but, like, they wanted to be up there. I mean, I guess, you know, Paul's played with JP. Paul's played with, with uh, Trayvon. You know, like, so there's a little bit of that, too. But, you know, I, I think that was a good, uh, a good thing to see, too, as far as building a program goes. That's, that's a little thing that you look at. Uh, you know, for something like that. But yeah, kudos to you guys, because that was a really well done event. I thought you guys did a great job, like Rick said, coordinating everything and, and getting the right guys. And it's a shame, you know, Kaiser, Karam, Sterling, that that, that kind of fell through. But, you know, and maybe it's different if, if those guys play, maybe it kind of all goes differently. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think you bring it back. Look at what Wichita State, you know, look at like what that environment was like. So, you know, so you bring it back, maybe you're at Cintas Center, maybe you have a different broadcast crew next year. Like, hey, you never know. <laughs> that is very, very true. I think I'm looking uh, at the broadcast crew. Uh, you bring that up, and I will say, that is the one thing Xavier fans really got a nice peek here is what it's like being on ESPN3 all the time if you were in the, I don't know, AAC or something. Like, that is what they experience all the time. They have broadcasts that bad. I know – like I watched the Horizon League all basketball season, and it's like that nonstop. They just don't care who they throw on that thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I know that TBT. It's like I was telling you guys, like it's probably produced by an outside company, and ESPN just buys it and they put it on and whatever. And I honestly didn't think the play-by-play guy was like terrible. The problem was that Eric McCollum, who's you know to his credit is cj's older brother has played in the tournament for a while like has a lot of credentials that way but i'm not sure he'd done much on the air and i mean it was just i mean i i honestly felt kind of bad but i don't i mean i don't know and i'm sure he hadn't done much he was sure getting sure getting his shots up i mean he wasn't taking a lot of time (laughs) off no, I mean, he's Rick. He sounds like Lloyd. Remember the R&B artist from the 2000s? Like, he literally sounds like Lloyd just on a play-by. I'm just like, what is happening right now? It's yeah. a wild listen. Wild Excuse listen. me. Nah, nah, I'm... Well, he had uh, give you, a Lloyd song. you, Get It Shawty. Get yeah. It Shawty, yep. Yeah, those okay. are the two that pop yeah. out. A newer song called True, but not, not as good as those two. I can hear his voice, but I was trying to think of what his hit songs were. Yeah, okay, I, I'm on board with that. Yeah, 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 Rick's with it, so we're good. Um, and Rick, just so you know, to put your mind at ease, we will put in the show notes and when we tweet it out when this interview starts, because yes, there will be quite a bit of uh, of intimate time in the beginning. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I mean, you really should. I get it. I was just, last week I was dying laughing because while I was listening to that intro, you guys kept trying to stop yourselves be like, we yeah. really shouldn't keep talking about that. But then you like, do it <laughs> for another five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was so good to listen to. On brand for you. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, it's what the people want, Rick. We got to do it. But it was just so cool to see it come to fruition, bro. Like, when I finally went up, like, to the 33 point with Tony, it's like seeing the uniforms, like, seeing it actually be real. Because there were so many times where I thought it was going to go off the rails. Like, there were so many fragile pieces of this whole thing where I was just like, I wanted to deliver it so, so bad. And I was like, oof, like, I don't know how we're going to get past this one. And then we get past that. And, like, a month later, I'm like, oof, I don't know how we get past this one. You know, but, you know, we finally made it. And we, we put it together. I think we put together a damn quality product, too. I mean, having Trey and JP and, you know, the guys that we had is pretty wild for a first year, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that everyone sees like the memes and the fun tweets and stuff like that. It's, it's fun. It's easy, right? Like to do that, yeah. but like, that is the, that's not the hard part. That's not the no. stuff that makes this happen and keeps it together, as you know. And um, that's the part that I was surprised by. Cause I was like getting the commitment from all these guys and getting them all to buy in without knowing who else was committed yet and everything like that's the hardest part. And you guys were able to get that and, and kudos to you for that. So yeah. Shouts to Rick and D Davis as well. They were massive. I mean, it doesn't happen without those two at all, um, but it was really, really cool. Appreciate you guys jumping on and, and talking some smack with us. And, and it was a blast. I'm just glad everyone enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks for guys. having us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Zipper noise.